and welcome to the Off-Kilter Quilt. My name is Frances, and I'll be your hostess. Hello, and welcome to episode 250-250 of the Off-Kilter Quilt. Can you believe it? I can barely believe it. Um, but here we are, and I'm, you know, amazed that you're still listening. 250 episodes is a whole lot of Francis, more than anyone needs. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm glad you're here. And today is Saturday, January, I'm going to call it the 29th. Let's just call it that. <laughs> might be that, might not be. But it is definitely 2022 which is so fun and I'm hoping is going to be a good year because you know, I feel like we got ripped off in 2020. 2020 is so fun to say. Uh, it's fun to write. It's just neat in so many ways and it turned out to be such an awful year that it doesn't, you know, I feel like we got gypped out of a good 2020. Just, yeah. So we've got 2022, which in its way is very fun and hoping it's gonna be better. I hope so. I'm looking out at my front yard. It's covered in snow. And this is the third Saturday in a row that that has been the case. Although it's not, there's not a lot of coverage and it's not on the road. And I look across the street at my neighbor's house, which is eastward facing. Um, Mine is westward facing. And the snow is almost gone from his lawn. So, yeah, not not a big snow, not like my friends up north are having. And I'm happy for that. You know, I don't complain about the weather. But my friend Sonal, who's from India, she does. And she said the other night at book group, she said, all the snow was not in the contract I signed. And that's how I feel. I've lived in western Massachusetts, a place that is beautiful. I remember moving there. Uh, this is for graduate school. I went to University of Massachusetts Amherst for grad school. And for the first time, like I saw, this is going to sound so funny. Um, I saw the ha- kind of houses and the kind of towns that were like the ones in books I read and like the ones that um, like were kind of like Archie comic book kinds of towns, although I think Archie was based uh, in Illinois. I grew up reading Archie comic books. I, 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 I hate to think how Archie comic books shaped me as a human being because, I mean, I read them more than I read probably anything. And I, I, I read a ton of everything, but nothing so much as Archie comics. So anyway... But, uh, yeah, I remember moving up to Western Massachusetts. And, you know, it's old. The, the, the Massachusetts was settled a really long time ago. It was settled, you know, as, as we know, it was settled by Native Americans really, really long ago. But by uh, Europeans came in. You know, I mean, I feel like a lot earlier than we think. Like, maybe the 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 1600s, as early as that. Now I can't remember, and that sounds stupid. Except I always remember I went to the Newberry Library in Boston for something or another and looked out the window at an old graveyard, and Paul Revere's parents were buried there. And I was just like, man, this is old. This is an old place. This is old 
old civilization. Whereas, you know, having lived a lot of my life in the South, um, the South is new. You know, again, not if you're Native American. I think it's good to be sensitive about that stuff. And it's actually not just good to be sensitive about it. It's interesting to think, yeah, actually, human history in this country goes a lot further back than, you know, the settling of, you know, the colonies and all that. But anyway, but as far as kind of European culture, you know, the South, not that old also got destroyed during the Civil War. So, so much of the development here is pretty new. And so moving up to to the Northeast was like, ah, I mean, it was amazing. And and I loved it, except for that snow that sometimes started in October, always started by November and didn't stop until April. The first year I lived there, it snowed on Halloween. And then at the end of the, the next, you know, at the end of the school year, it snowed on May 1st, and I always remember a friend of mine from Tennessee saying, I don't know why this land was settled. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway, not complaining about snow or the weather, just noting that there is snow on the ground, and the wind is blowing, and Travis, the quilt dog, and I have not taken our W-A-L-K, and we may not. We may not, because I try not to be wimpy about cold weather, and I'm pretty good about putting on my long johns and getting dressed, and if it's 26 degrees, we go out. Trav loves it. He loves the cold. Um, You know, and and, and as long as there's not a big wind or even, you know, or a medium wind, it's fine. It's when the wind is blowing in your face. It it just is kind of miserable, so... Anyway, yeah, so yes, this is a quilting podcast. Saying that, before I go on to talk about the Great Canadian Baking Show, um, which I just learned about recently, you can find it on YouTube. I think it's Baking Show and not Bake Off for the same reason that in the States it's the Great British Baking Show. Um, because of the, the Pillsbury has Bake Off trademarked, copyrighted, what have you. In any event, I just learned about it. I just started watching it, and that is actually why I picked up uh, the phone. <laughs> picked up my walkie-talkie to talk to you so that you know about this because it's by, it seems like pretty, it's I, by the same production company. It's the same music. And um, Dan Levy is one of the, not, not one of the judges, but one of the hosts. You know him from... Um, uh, Schitt's Creek, a sh- one of those shows I was very slow to warm up to, and then once I warmed up to, I loved, and I love Dan Levy, and I love his character on that show, um, and so he is one of the, the hosts, and I don't, I don't know if this is for every season, there are several seasons at least, um, and I don't know if it's even for every show of this season, but he's there now in this first episode. And I'm really excited because it's so much like the Great British Baking Show, um, a show I loved, um, and nothing at all like the American Brit- American British Baking Show, <laughs> the American Baking Show or whatever it's called, the Great American Baking Show, which uh, I only watched uh, a couple episodes of. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's like part the, the beauty of the Great British Baking Show and what seems to me the beauty of the Canadian show as well is the gentleness of it all. Um, it's the, the, just the affection that grows between each, band, each new band of bakers and how supportive they are. And, you know, we Americans, we're just like so competitive. 
you know, and so obnoxious. <laughs> it's just a very different vibe. So anyway, I'm, I'm quite happy um, to have found this and I wanted to share it with you. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other things I want to share with you. No, not really. That's that's the newest thing in my life. I think I talked last time about Shuggy Bane, which I did finish and can now uh, give an unqualified th two thumbs up. Both of my thumbs are up for this book, which is by uh, Douglas Stewart, who is lives in the U.S. but grew up in Scotland. I read about the book after I finished it. Um, you know, if you read Catcher in the Rye, you know, there's this part where Holden Caulfield says, you know, after you read a great, really good book, you, you wish you knew the author so you could just call him up and talk to him. Um, and that's how I felt after Shuggy Bain. And I wanted to find out more about Douglas Stewart. And one of the things I learned is that the story is, is, is autobiographical. And, you know, it's a story of a, a, a family with an alcoholic mother, um, three children, uh, uh, the father who, yeah, all the stuff. And, and the Shuggy is the youngest child and who's clearly from a young age is gay and, and, um, is, is a, a life force and, a, a, a just a wonderful character. And we, when we first meet him, it's, he's 16, but mo and most of this, the, that's sort of like a, pro, uh, prologue. And then, uh, we meet him then when the story gets going we really start when he's about four and um and it's you know it's one of those stories that or one of those books when I read first read about it it's like oh I don't want to read a book about an alcoholic I feel like I've read enough books about alcoholics um you know and it's, and it just feels dark it's set in Glasgow and projects and um or public housing and I just feel like, oh, this is going to be too dark. and But it's not. It's weirdly not. You love all the characters, even the alcoholic mother. And um, and it's heartbreaking, but it's wonderful, and Shuggy's just wonderful. So anyway, um, I do recommend that. I am now reading My Monticello. This is my next book group read, and it's a, a, a collection of, of stories. Uh, most of which uh, are set in Virginia. The author lives in Charlottesville, and uh, my, sense is she, my sense is that she grew up in Virginia and is probably uh, just from uh, you know from meeting. I think she's probably at least twenty years younger than I am. But I you know I spent some time in Charlottesville in like fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Also when uh, I was a little bit when I was a very little, like two because the army law school is there my father was an army lawyer and um so you know as someone who writes middle grade fiction which is fiction that's virtually about fourth fifth and sixth graders um those years were very seminal for me as a person and as as a writer so anyway so i'm, I'm enjoying this and it's it's very good it's uh and i, I really like short stories a lot of people don't because they don't like getting invested in characters and then having the story end. Um, the short stories that I've written, like the short stories that are in uh, Margaret Goes Modern, which is not middle grade fiction, but is uh, fiction for grown-ups, quilt fiction, um, a number of those stories are longer, and the last story is very long. It's called The last story was just called The Off-Kilter Quilt. It's a pretty long story, um, not quite a novella, but heading into that territory. 
So, um, and I, that's actually a length I like a lot is like 40 to 60 pages. Um, the quilt fiction, the friendship album short stories that I've done tend to be around 30 pages. So they're fairly, you know, they're fairly long stories. And, um, I don't know if that's true. They're at least 20 pages, but, uh, some, some are as long as 30 pages. And, uh, yeah. And uh, there's something about that, that, that I like. It's a, a, uh, you know, my wheelhouse perhaps, which is funny because the friendship album, 1933 is actually 550 pages, but you know, it's written, uh, it's, it, it goes, it, you know, it's chronological. It takes place over the year of 1933, but you go from one character to the next. And so it's, it, I almost feel like it's just, uh, connected stories because you you keep you know you moved from Eula to Bess to uh, Florence Emmeline Dorothy Dorothy Emmeline that's the, that's the order and so and each story moves the 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 overall plot along but anyway um, just going on and on I am by the way I have revised it if you've listened to Friendship Album 1933 which is available via iTunes I have revised it um, and I really am thinking about moving on to the next year to 1934 I don't think I would call it Friendship Album 1934 um, I'm not sure what I would call it although I probably would have the you know, the year in there um, but yeah, I've been thinking a lot about those characters, and I really did enjoy writing that. I also just submitted a middle grade novel to my editor, so um, and I have yeah. You know, so that's gonna, as far as any children's writing, I think that's gonna take up most of 2022. So um, yeah, so I really hope that 2022 is going to be uh, more about quilt fiction for me. Um, yeah, and speaking of well, not speaking of quilts, I have. Alright, I, I didn't put up a picture from, last episode I ta- said I was going to put up a picture of Will's quilt, and I haven't, and I actually have not made much progress on it. Uh, I, that is my plan today. My big plan today is getting my hair cut, which has not happened in six or seven weeks, which when you have short hair, as I do now, I let it grow out during COVID. COVID was kind of, I feel like, a period of insanity for me, looks-wise, um, and, and I think that's because I finally kind of uh, uh, became postmenopausal in 2021, or co- so 2020, 2021. Um, you know, and it's and it's weird just to kind of all of a sudden it's I, I don't know. Also, I couldn't get my hair cut for you know six months. So, but yeah, I was just messing around like, oh, maybe I'll grow my hair long. Maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll do that. And like, maybe I can do something to look 25 again. And <laughs> Just in this court, kind of, not really, but like, it was like, oh, I've got, you know, my neck is saggy. It's like, maybe, maybe I'll find some potion that will unsag my neck. Maybe I'll spend $6,000 and get plastic surgery, <laughs> which is just insane. And me with long hair is pretty insane. But at the time, I thought I was looking pretty cute. And now I look at it, I'm like, that doesn't really look like you. So I have gotten my, so I slowly cut my hair back off and now it's really short again, which I like and does feel like it looks like me. Um, but I need to go do that today. And otherwise I'm going to mostly quilt. Um, and I do, one of the plans is to finish the back of Will's Clemson quilt. One of my problems, 
what this quilt is. Okay, so I've got the, the front is completely done and I measured it and of course need to make a back that is bigger than the front. But at some point, it's like, I, 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 when I measured it, I wrote down the measurements and my calendar, like I have a desk calendar. And I wrote down measurements for another quilt, my calendar as well. And I think I, I got mixed up. And so with the back, I, I was creating a back for a much smaller quilt. So now I think I have the right size, but it's, you know, you know, you forget stuff if you put something down for a while. So the, my first task for today will be actually to remeasure the top and make sure I'm on the right page. And, and there's and there's not much at this point to putting the back together. So um, I would like to get that done and then baste it. And I, I pulled out. I have a a really nice. Um, what would you, I can't remember what it's called. It's called a love chest. It's it's a very simple chest. Uh, it opens from the top. Um, you know, it looks like something the Shakers would have made. I grew up with this, and when uh, my at some point it ended up in my parents' basement, and I claimed it and brought it home. Um, and even it's where I, I fold up my quilts that I don't have out, and I, and put them in there. And I also fold up like unfinished quilts, and it is now like this nest of basted quilts that I just haven't quilted. So one is this one I, I talked about in the last episode at some point. Um, called uh, Home Front, which is actually a poem on a quilt. That, and it's it's basted and ready to be quilted. And then another one is this very cute red and white quilt. It's Wonky Ohio Stars. And it was a quilt that I planned on hand quilting. And um, in fact, started some spiral hand quilting. I kind of think now I'm just going to finish it off on the machine. Um so I pulled that out too, but it was really cool. So I'm doing this Quilt Fiction Club newsletter. It's a free newsletter. It's you know it's it's really to keep people who are members of the Quilt Fiction Club on Facebook a little updated. Uh, I've decided someone made a suggestion. I think it was Fiona in the group um, uh, to, do, to that I should put pie recipes in the newsletter because the Quilt Fiction Club is very much about pie because <laughs> I love pie and. Um, Anyway, so, uh, so, so yes, yeah, so it's just what I think is going to be a weekly newsletter, just kind of saying, here's what's going on in the club, here's, we've got this coming up, this coming up, here's a pie recipe. But the, for the um, header, I, I have, I, I clipped a picture, edited, uh, cropped a picture of this quilt, and someone in the Quilt Fiction Club said, oh, I love that quilt, you know, who, who made that quilt? I'm like, I made that quilt, or where'd you find it? Like, I made it, I was so pleased. Um, yeah, and it made me, and then I remember it's like, well, I sort of made it because I haven't finished it yet. So I pulled that out from my my chest. So I've got quilts lying about, but that, you know, I always say this like I'm going to finish all these quilts. I'm going to quilt them, but I really do need to quilt them. Speaking of quilting and getting things from home, I have very exciting news. So, a few years ago, it's like spring of 2019 summer of 2019 we went I think it was spring um the man and Will and I went to Kentucky to visit my parents who now live in a, a retirement community very nice retirement community in Louisville and my mother asked for me to trade sewing machines with her she had many years ago given me her Bernina, her 1230, which I love. 
I loved that machine. Loved it. She, you know, she'd had it for 20 years, and she's so good about keeping her machines maintained, maintenance, that it was just, you know, and it's Bernina, so it, it's really well made. And, um, yeah, so I, I loved it. Um, and she got uh, the 550 Quilters Edition. My dad just keeps giving her new sewing machines. And, um, but then he, she got, I think it's the 770, and she asked if she could trade her 550 for the 1230. She wanted the 1230 back because it's a lighter machine and and she does quilting retreats with her guild and all of that or or quiltins those sort of things. And um you know and it's ironic. <laughs> I'm going to think of it that the trade happened. Well, it was a year before COVID. Anyway, so uh, I very reluctantly made the trade because she's my mom. She gave me the machine in the first place, and I was like, what's, you know, won't be a big difference. But I really, I really kind of didn't want to just because I love the 1230. And sure enough, the 550, it's great. I've learned to use it. It's very computerized, and I'm someone who does not need very computerized. I need, like, I, I, I really shouldn't even have an electric sewing machine, right? I mean, but co the computerized stuff is really lost on me, and I'm really lost on it. You know, the, the things happen, and then I have, you know, and I'm not intuitive about any computer stuff. Um, so it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a machine that's much too fancy for me. But I finally, you know, now I like it, and um, I've gotten used to it. Well, now my mom wants it back. <laughs> No, no, she doesn't want the 550 back. I take that back. She wants to give me the 1230 back because she has, uh, she wants, the 1230 at this point is a little heavy for her. So she wants to get an even lighter machine. So she said the next time we go, this is really her way of luring us to Kentucky, luring, luring, luring um, us to Kentucky, which we were going anyway, but... <laughs> She said the next time we come, she's going to give me the 1230 back. So I actually will have two Berninas, which means I'm rich. I'm rich, I tell you, rich. Um, but, you know, I will. the 1230 will become my main machine. Um, and I know people, like the people who, people who love the 550 love it. Um, and I like it. And that's fine. And again, it has served me well, but I cannot tell you how happy I am to get the 1230 back. I'm like, woohoo! Um, <laughs> I really am. Um, I loved it. So anyway, just thought I'd share that with you. Um, my mom and I are both doing Wordle, which is fun. So it means uh, that uh, we, we email with our scores every day. And uh, I was very excited. The other day, I got two out of six. If you're doing... Uh, I got a two six, not two out of six. And if you're doing Wordle, you'll know what that means. And um, typically, I'm more like three six or four six. But yes, I never do stuff like this. I never get in on these trends. And um, but I like the idea that Wordle, you, there's just one puzzle a day. That's it. There's no going down a rabbit hole with it. There's no. It's just one puzzle a day. <laughs> And there seems to be on Twitter, and I'm not much of a Twitter person, but I've got a new book coming out in May, uh, a children's book. So that's when I get on Twitter to kind of promote, which I hate. Um, but yes, that uh, the people do post their scores, 
and it's not even post you can you you know you, you there's a share link after you finish the puzzle and then you can post that and it actually shows not your answers but the grid um again if you do wordle you know what i mean if you don't you don't and you know but maybe even if you don't do wordle you know what i mean but um no people so far i have not seen anyone like r spoiling it right for other people and mostly people are like really nice about you know like even the non-wordle people don't make fun of you that much um the great i saw a tweet the other day that was really funny um it said here's a tweet that no one uh would understand before yeah <laughs> Even a year ago, this tweet would make absolutely no, no sense. And it was, Wordle is the sourdough of, Om of Omicron. And I thought, that's absolutely true. Isn't it like, like a year ago, we'd be like, what? Wordle is the, we know sourdough, but Wordle and Omicron would be like, what? I don't get it. So anyway. Um, all right. So yes, that is where I am right now. Quilting wise, uh, poised to finish things up eager to get the 12:30 back my mom is so ingenious so ingenious just like now because i think we put, well we're not going to go in january especially because it's been such a cold snowy january but now i'm thinking yeah let's let's head, let's see what february's looking like let's go see mom and dad <laughs> um yeah but anyway uh but yeah, so it's a Saturday, and then I don't have anything on the docket for tomorrow. I am trying to be very good with my weekends and not work at all, um, but quilt and do arts and crafts. I'm doing a lot of little printmaking right now um, with rubber stamping. I may have talked about that last time. I took a class in November, and I like it, although I do get my hands really dirty with ink. I went through a rubber stamping thing, not making them, but like getting them at Joann's and making cards uh, about a, a 10 or so years ago. And um, yeah, and, and one of the reasons that I stopped doing this because I just didn't like getting the ink on my fingers. <laughs> and in fact, we have, uh, I, I, I'm, they're, what kind of gloves? They're, they're rubber gloves. They're just like the, like, like surgical gloves. They're not surgical gloves, but you know what I'm talking about. Very lightweight plastic gloves you know that we got just when we were stocking up on first aid stuff uh, at the beginning of covid and so sometimes i use those when i'm doing my rubber stamping but i really like it. i love carving the stamps it's very relaxing and i'm getting better at it so anyway that's going to be this weekend is uh working on my little stamps and 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 quilting and um and not working on other stuff because yeah it's like it's good it's good to just have arts and crafts weekend and that I think is you know once once you're an empty nester you get to do that this is what I was looking forward to for all those many years of soccer games and chess tournaments and debate tournaments and basketball games etc etc and base yeah all of that um yeah so anyway that is what's going on with me right now uh how long have I been talking? A little while. I don't know. Maybe I'll talk a little bit tomorrow and maybe actually get this posted. That those are, I shouldn't even say that, right? That's a jinx right there. But anyway, I'm trying to get better. Back to the podcast. I'm not pod fading. I'm pow, pod powering, powering on. Yeah, I can't say that. All right. I'll talk to you more later.
Hey, Quilt Diary number two on Sunday, the 30th. So just the next day, the next day, here I am podcasting again. What has happened to me? Okay, before I go any further, I do want to say thanks to everyone who commented. I know a lot of you comment in your heads. I get those comments. I do, but some of you actually come to the website and and post comments, and those are the ones I I feel more comfortable sharing. You know, I don't want to share the private yeah, ESP comments as as much. I feel like those are really deeply personal. Anyway, thank you, Noni. Thank you, Very Lazy Daisy. Thanks to Susan and Loretta and Sherry and Judy for leaving comments for welcoming me back. Welcome, mean. Welcome, welcoming me back with open arms. Now, I have to tell you about an award I just got. Yeah, it's a podcasting award. That's right. How could that be? I've been gone so so long and so erratic. Um, it's it's a personal award. Uh, it's from Margaret Kay, and she awards me with great appreciation. The her personal homemade radio podcast longevity award. Yes, I got this card yesterday with that announcement, and I have to tell you, this is one of my favorite awards I've ever gotten. And I've gotten some awards, you know, no brag. I got an Edgar Award for a mystery novel that I wrote and published in 2020 no not 2020 what am I talking about 2000 right my first book uh Co that I did not write as a mystery and yet it got an Edgar award life is not fair ladies and gentlemen life is not fair I should not have gotten that award though good book I like the book but it wasn't it was a mystery but that's how dumb I am I didn't know I had no idea (laughs) I thought it was historical fiction go figure but I have to say, at this point, Margaret's Award, the Homemade Race Radio Longevity Award, means a little bit more to me. Yeah, I'm serious. Um, because uh, Partly because I didn't feel like I really earned that, Edgar. But I feel like I've earned this in my sporadic, erratic, rambly kind of way. So thank you, Margaret Kay. Thank you to all of you who commented on uh, the Off-Kilter Quilt uh, website and thank you to all of you who've commented in your heads who offered the words that I could not remember I hear you Quilt and Jenny I hear you loudest of all alright so why am I hopping on today gossip gossip you know I love gossip which is why I write fiction you know did you read um, A Tree Grows in Brooklyn if, if you've never read that then I want you to stop listening right now and go Get it. Go get it. Go get it on ebook. Go to your book, local bookstore. Go to Amazon and buy it. Where, wherever, get that book and read it. It's, it's it is. Someone asked me recently. A young correspondent I have. This has just been fabulous. She's uh, one of my uh, best friends' uh, daughters, and who is now she's in sixth grade, and she is a very serious writer. She lives in Birmingham, Alabama. Very serious writer, and very good writer. And we correspond, mainly via postcard. If you want to do a postcard exchange with me, just let me know. Leave a comment. Uh, email me. It's fm, as in Francis Marie, fmdowell, fmdowell at gmail.com. And tell me. And uh, I love postcards. I actually, yesterday, I got in the mail, I got the lovely award from Margaret. I got uh, an article a friend sent. I got a postcard and, oh, and the latest Harper's Magazine. So that, you know, that to me, 
It's like a real mail day. I want every day to be a real mail day. And I send out a ton of postcards, sometimes to people who very rarely respond, although they might email and say, oh, I got your card. Um, But what I'm really looking for is real mail. Real mail, I am. Okay, so anyway, talking about, we're going to have to walk this back, walk this back, talking about, oh, yeah, Abigail asked me recently, what was my favorite book? And of course, that's an impossible question because you have different favorite books at different times of your life. But I would say A Tree Grows in Brooklyn um, is probably is my number one. I haven't read To Kill a Mockingbird in a while. And I should probably give that a reread. But I think... I don't know. But anyway, why am I bringing up A Tree Grows in Brooklyn? Look at me making connections, keeping that narrative thread, weaving through all this rambling. Because there's a scene in it where uh, Francie, the protagonist of the book, of the story, uh, starts telling lies uh, about her family and about just lots of things. And her uh, teacher takes her aside and tells her why not instead of telling these stories why not write them down right and so that's how Francie becomes a writer she she instead of telling people her made-up stories she writes them down and becomes a fiction writer and becomes Betty Smith who wrote A Tree Grows in Brooklyn over in Chapel Hill um, on Rosemary Street I think so anyway but I've never gone to the house where she's written it it just occurred to me the other day I should do that. I should do that. But, yeah, so for me, and I, you know, and I, I, I told some whoppers as a kid, um, which you can do when you move all the time. You can make up past histories for yourself. So that may be one reason. Um, that was good practice, at least, for becoming a, a writer, and maybe one reason that I did, kind of. Uh, but the other thing, but, you know, also it's like when you write fiction, it's great. It's like you're gossiping about people. They just happen to be people that you made up. So that's really kind of cool. So, oh, so, and why are we talking about gossip? Again, watch me. Watch me bring it all home. I'm bringing it all home. Quilt world gossip, which I just became aware of last night. So I wanted to share it with you. So, and it'd be too convoluted to explain how I came across this story. Uh, But there is starting to be some chatter about a video that Mary Fonz just posted recently about... uh, about making clothes out of quilts and I just looked it up it's I think it's called why quilt clothes must be killed which is a fairly provocative title Um, and her thing is that quilts should be basically be honored quilts are documents which I absolutely agree with quilts you know that that women's lives go into their quilts and it's women's art and all that stuff I agree with a lot of her premises about quilts but I'm not sure that I, I, I agree that quilts should not be repurposed now the fact is is, is Mary particularly in the last five years or so maybe longer has, has become a student of quilt history uh, she's gotten very involved. She was, you know, she was editing Quilt Folk for a while. She is on the board at the International Quilt Museum, et cetera, et cetera. So she's gone, done a deep dive. She lectures quite a bit now about quilts and quilt history. She um, lectures about modern quilts. I have quibbles with some of 
uh, Mary's takes on modern quilting, but nonetheless, she is, if you've ever heard her speak, an entertaining speaker and inter always interesting. And in this video, she's quite provocative because she is so against this trend, which is mostly a high fashion trend, which has come around before. Ralph Lauren did this, uh, I think in the 70s, maybe early 80s, took old quilts and, and made clothes out of them. And now the person who's doing this to the most acclaim is Emily Bodie, um, who we interviewed for Storybee. The Quilt Alliance. Actually, I did not do that interview. Mary Kay Waldvogel, who is a highly uh, esteemed quilt historian, interviewed Emily. And she went into the interview not knowing how she really felt about these quilt clothes and came out feeling okay about it, uh, about, about the trend. And it is a trend, and it's a trend that's going to die. Um, you know, so a lot of people have responded to Mary's uh video many um, I, I would say the majority in full agreement quilts should not be repurposed into clothes I kind of feel like you know I as I watched the video I looked around I was in my living room I looked at my mother the the quilt I made for my mother-in-law um a bento box quilt that I absolutely love and uh it, it got returned to us after Melvin passed away uh, a few years ago and I think it would make a fabulous coat although to be honest a lot of quilt coats as as fashion uh in terms of the cut it's like I should not wear a quilt coat I will just look like a, basically a fabric bundle um <laughs> you know I'm a little little short a little chubby for quilt coats but um I have seen them on models you know so if you're six foot tall and weigh about a hundred and two a quilt coat's gonna look pretty cool on you but I've seen them that I think are really beautiful uh and the fact is, and we all, so, oh yeah, so, so that, the quilt I made, Melvin, would be, make a beautiful quilt coat on someone who's six feet tall and weighs 102. And the, the other quilts, you know, looking around my house, the only ones that I would not want to be repurposed are ones that are more art quilts, like my quilt sit-in, um, uh, some of the, uh, a couple of the, like I have a quilt and it's, wouldn't, it would make like a, a handkerchief, um, the Bauhaus birds in the air, those, those, I don't want those repurposed. Uh, I would like them, you know, honored and cherished until they start to fall apart. And, um, and maybe they will be, probably won't be, but yeah, I do like those. And the, I, that, so those are the only ones just like, yeah, that, that, that they're, they shouldn't be quilt, quilt coats. But other stuff, I'm like, yeah, if it got if these quilts got repurposed in a way, um, got cut into placemats, wouldn't bother me. Um, Potholders, no problem with that. You know, it's it's and, and the fact is, we've all been well, maybe not all of us, but but some of us have we've been to Goodwill or Scrap Exchange or an antique store, and you see quilts, they're they're relatively inexpensive. Um, even ones that are in pretty good shape, most of the quilts you see aren't in good shape. It should be said that I think that the the clothing designers who are using quilts in their clothing, they are using nice quilts, quilts that are intact. But uh, yeah, it's it's an odd hill to die on. And if you and 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 Mary in this video is very adamant about her feelings, you know, that she feels that this is a sacrilege. Basically, I don't think she uses the word sacrilege, um, but she, you know, I think that's essentially what she's saying. So it's kind of fun because it is, you know, the video is dramatic and it's, it's, um, 
you know, and, and you can call her on some stuff. She talks about it as a kind of cultural appropriation, which I think you need to be careful about. Uh, you know, so I think she's co- talking about it in terms of quilt culture. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> as she's giving the speech, there are all these kind of quilts flashing behind her, including G's Bend quilts. And, and you're like, that's kind of cultural appropriation to, to use these quilts in the video, and, and unless there's credits in which tell you the, the history of the quilt and its maker. So that, that, that's something any, any maker, I think, any craft person, any artist, needs to be really careful about throwing words around, like phrases around like cultural appropriation. So anyway you uh, it's it's entertaining and it's an interesting question um about quilt the second lives of quilts you know it's it's like once the quilt has passed f- from the the hands of its original owner what should happen to it um the and and the other the issue that comes up is where do we you know it's like there's so many quilts you can go to the north carolina museum of art and if you get in with the right people, you can see the quilts in their collection, none of which are on display. They're all stored, right? And I'm glad they're stored. They're beautiful quilts. I got to see them as part of uh, the Quilt Alliance board several years ago. Um, and it was wonderful, fabulous, right? Um, you can go, there are people who, ha- you know, who are quilt collectors and they bring out their quilts and show them, but they're all, they're all stored. And at some point, the, you know, I, I don't know. There'll be, you know, at, at what point, and, and, and it, there are a lot of quilts in the world and they're not all going to be saved. And some of, you know, you can, uh, you know, we all can look at some of the quilts we've made. And go, yeah, and they really shouldn't be saved. But, um, but I, yeah, so anyway, it's, I, I do think it's an interesting discussion. Um, and so it's not really, when I say it's gossip, it's not really gossip. Um, other than, you know, if you, if you start um, looking into the discussions, there's a discussion about the video on Reddit and the craft snark uh, group. I don't, I don't really quite understand how Reddit works. but um, and, and there is some snark there. And there's a discussion on Sean Kimber's Facebook feed um uh, sean is the one sean is herself an amazing quilter and uh, she is the one who posted about it and and not in a uh overwhelmingly positive way uh about mary's video so there is some gossip uh and uh, and there there is some um i mean just uh, there's uh, there's it's enough of a controversy it's not gossip like and did you hear mary fawns got married which she did congratulations you know so it's not that kind of gossip but there it's, so I should really say it's more it's controversial it's bringing up discussion which I always love I think it's neat that people are now talking about quilts so hooray I'm happy for that all right will I finish up here I don't know because I've got a day of quilting ahead of me I might do one last little quilt diary um and and then post you know I should probably just just stop now and post maybe I will maybe I will who knows um, will I do show notes? Don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like, you know what I should do is just do show notes on, on Instagram. Um, I don't know if all of you are on Instagram, but if, if you are, I am at the off kilter quilt. Um, my account, my, my handle is off kilter quilt. Right. And so I actually have several Instagram accounts because I'm weird and have many personalities. So the other one is Francis Dow books. I think, um, sometimes I post the same stuff on, on, um, 
both accounts. Actually, I have a third account, which is Fran from NC, and that's just, I, I don't post very much on there. It, and it's really an account. Just I'm just trying to keep my different lives separate, so and sometimes I overlap my accounts. Um, but Fran from NC is just, I just post, you know, if I take a photograph of a tree I like or something. Francis Style Books uh, is, is mostly about books, but also, if I, you know, I make little zines. I can't remember if I talked about this maybe last time in the last quilt diary. But anyway, so I, quote, I, I post pictures from my little zines and uh, my little block prints and cartoons and stuff. And then on Off-Kilter Quilt, it's mostly quilty stuff. But sometimes I do some overlapping, like with the uh, marketing, the publicity stuff I'm doing for this book I have coming out in the spring. Um, and you know who always I get the best response from is the off-kilter quilt crowd because quilters are my friends and I am your friend all right um, yeah I don't know what to do I think I'll stop until I have a plan all right bye for now quilt diary day two-ish three-ish this could be three I think I'm on a roll I think it's three and I think I might even post this when I'm done it is Thursday February 3rd Oh, it's been a big week. Not a bad week, an interesting week, a kind of overwhelming week. Last we spoke, I talked about the Mary Fonz, uh, 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 the quilt clothing must die kind of controversy, which has blown up um, in a big way over the last week. And uh, she, the video, the YouTube video was taken down because of a copyright claim it is now back up and there has been much much discussion a lot of criticism but also a lot of support some criticism not of the argument itself but the way that it was made which was very theatrical but Mary's theatrical she's a theater person so anyway uh, you know I just am interested in these kind of conversations uh, in in general uh, so in, in quilting controversy I always like it. Uh, I mean, it is. It's interesting, um, you know, that these things blow up. And in some ways, they seem like this huge thing. And you realize that most people in this country don't even realize that people still make quilts. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But anyway, check that out if you want to uh, do some thinking about quilts and what we do with, um, you know, quilts that are... Uh, homeless and orphans or what have you one of the, I think that one of the best responses which was not a direct response to Mary but was a, a very thoughtful piece or a take on you know what do you do with old quilts is from Laura Hopper uh, her Instagram handle is sonic stitches and she uh, she did a, a response in stories and then she actually posted that response in her uh, feed, in her Instagram feed, or whatever. Uh, yeah, so if you want to, but it, she, Laura's background is a museum, is as a mu museum person, a curator. She has a lot of experience um, in thinking about museum collections. And the fact is, there really is not enough room to preserve and conserve every even every beautifully made hand stitched or whatever kind of heirloom quilt now of course a lot of people do take care of these quilts keep them in the family you know store them well do all of that but again a lot of quilts you know it's funny it's um 
One of the things that we have a lot of here in the Dal abode are photographs. And we have the man's family photographs. Both of his parents have passed away. We have a lot of my family's photographs. When my parents moved into a retirement community, they gave me, um, they, I have an interest in, you know, in our family history. And, uh, and, and also I love old photographs. So my dad gave me a bunch, like, and they're like his cousins and his aunt. And they're very cool as old photographs, but you know, I barely know who the people in them are. I mean, these are photos from the 1940s and 50s. And my children certainly have no idea right? And so that's how old photographs end up at, you know, the scrap exchange or in thrift shops or what have you. And, you know, and and a photograph is not the same thing as a quilt, but for a generation or two, keepsakes, photographs, what have you, that, you know, are are very, very important. But, you know, after a few generations that you, there's not that family connection, um, and so, you know, and, you know, you've probably heard of like Swedish death cleaning, like people, older people, <laughs> this idea is like, deal with this stuff before you die. So you don't leave it with other people to deal with. Um, yeah, but as far as, so, so if you're a quilt maker and I'm assuming if you're listening to this, you are and looking around at your quilts and you don't have to produce a lot of quilts every year, right? Uh, to have a lot of quilts in your house. And of course, a lot of people I know love making charity quilts and and it's because they love making quilts, but they don't need any more quilts. Um, But there's just a lot of quilts being put into the world. And so, uh, you know, and that's something that I actually want to think about kind of uh, reuse and repurposing um, and and particularly with with fabric and um, orphan blocks and all kinds of stuff. And I think a lot of people are thinking about this stuff. So anyway, it's a lot to ponder and debate and what have you. Um, the other thing that's gone on for me this week, so as you know, I'm, um, or you may not know this, but if you listen for any amount of time, you do that. I'm a, a, a member of the Quilt Alliance board. The Quilt Alliance is an organization that works to, uh, document quilts and quilt stories. And, um, yeah. And, and, and so, well, this actually, this, this does and doesn't have to do with the Quilt Alliance, other than one of the reasons I've been very involved with the Quilt Alliance for a long time now is that I love quilt history. Um, and I, I love oral histories, which is one of the projects that we have, which we're about to revive and next year, I think is the, the QSOS quilters save our stories. Um, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, I am working on a proposal to submit for QuiltCon 2023 for a lecture. And part of it is thinking about modern quilting and that phrase that or that so many of us, it's not a phrase, it's a line. It's a, a frequent headline. Every time uh, QuiltCon comes around, there's always news headlines. It's not your grandmother's quilt. Well, you know, this brings up all sorts of issues, a lot of different ones. And, and I want to, that's kind of what my talk is about. I thought it would be interesting to come up with some questions to ask modern quilters over the age of 50 about how they became quilters, if they, uh, how they got into it, what, what people in the modern quilt community have been important to them, what, artist, what women artists in general have been important, um, et cetera, et cetera. And also asking, and one of the questions in the survey I put together is, are you a grandmother? Um, and guess what? A number of the people who responded are. But, okay, so I put this out into the world. 
I put it in uh, my stories and I make a post on Instagram. And I think maybe I'll get like 15, 20 people responding. Well, my friend, uh, Laura Hopper, who's also on the Quilt Alliance board, who did the, who I mentioned earlier, uh, who did the very uh, thoughtful piece about uh, curating and and what can be preserved and different ways of thinking about preservation and conservation. Um, She, uh, she put my post in her stories. And so, and she, I, I have a fair number of Instagram followers. I mean, in a small town way, like I have like 1700, almost 1800. Laura has five times that many, maybe not five, maybe she has like Yes, yeah, my math is so bad. Uh, more like she has, she has, I think, five or six thousand followers. So all this, and she's very involved in the Modern Quilt Guild um, in Chicago. And so all of a sudden, like I got a lot of people leaving comments, like, "Yes, I, I'm a modern quilter over fifty, and I'd be happy to answer your questions." So I ended up spending, and this was all, by the way, I did this on a whim. Uh, thought, yeah, it'd be really great to get input and insight from modern quilters over 50. And so I kind of, it was kind of a whim, whim just to put it out there. Um, and I spent hours yesterday responding to people. I came up with sort of a form letter, you know, but anyway, um, and, it, but I, you know, I love this stuff. So I'm really interested in what people are saying. And, um, and the connection to the Quilt Alliance is that, uh, we want when, when we sort of revive, um, the QSOS program, we really uh, want to really make a a concerted effort to work with um, modern quilters because in the the QSOS, it's a collection of oral histories. This project has been going on for 25 years, but it's been dormant for a while. And um, so, so there's not, there are not a ton of oral histories with modern quilters. And so they've been very, uh, and we, we want to do this documentation. We Part of it is we want to help people um, do their own documentation, like train, give people the resources they need and uh, the training they need to do these oral histories um, because the Quilt Alliance staff is like three people. It's like they can't, you know. But anyway, so, uh, so um yeah, I think that there, uh, anyway, so, but getting all those responses and trying to reply, and now I'm getting the, you know, the, the answers to the questions, and it's just like, wow, I had no idea um, that I would hear from so many people, but it's been a good thing. So, it, as I said, it's Thursday, and it's almost my weekend. I have one thing on Fridays that I do, um, but I kind of... Like I have, I'm almost on quilting, not Will's quilt. I can't remember what I talked about in my last quilt diary. Did if I talked about the fact that I was almost done piecing the back, and I ran out of fabric. So I'm going to go to Freeman's tomorrow and get it. Um, the, and I I need like a yard and a half fabric. So then I started quilting this wonky Ohio star quilt that I don't even know what I made. So I'm almost done quilting that, and it's another quilt. I'm machine quilting it, and I'm spiraling it. Um, I love the spiral. I love the spiral. It's like, for me, it's just a really easy form of quilting. I like how it looks. I don't care that almost all my quilts are spiraled quilt, spiraled quilt, spiral quilted, however you say that, because I really like how it looks. I think it's neat. So, and, and it's, um, once you get going, it's a, you can, it's, this is not a, a, a huge quilt. I don't know how big it is, but let's, I'd say like maybe, maybe 50 let's say 50 
four by 44. I don't know, but whatever it is, it's, it's not a huge quilt. So I'm excited. I think I, I, if I get a chance to work on it tonight, that it will be, you know, I'll, I, it, I'll have it done quilted by tomorrow and hopefully then get the, uh, the, 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 what you call it binding on. Um, and I'm, I'm a kind of hoping I'm going to look around and find that I already made the binding. You know, that's always what I try to do when I'm sitting down to quilt to quilt is to have the binding already made. Um, because it's just such a nice thing. Then you finish the quilting and it's like, you're good to go. You cut out, you know, you cut off any extra batting and fabric, and then you just get that binding on. Um, so I, I can't remember that I did that. I have a couple other quilts that I, I do. Um, and, uh, so the couple other quilts that need to still need to be quilted, but I have done the binding. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood to finish things up. I'm also kind of in the mood to start some new things, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to be a little disciplined. That won't work. It won't, this discipline won't last, but I, I will it feel really good if I finish this. Um, okay. And I have to say this for, for the introverts out there. Um, like me, because I'm. It's. Uh, it was raining this morning, so Travis, the quilt dog, and I did not take our W A L K, and I was hoping to take it before dinner. Um, and it's going to be dark after dinner, but hope, like right about now. But there's a group of neighbors, um, across from, sort of across the street in Caddy Corner, and I don't know. The man went out to take a walk. It's. I don't know if he got caught up in that. Um, that is the problem about walking this time of day. Neighbors tend to be, I like my neighbors, don't get me wrong, but I'm not, it's, it's all, but at the end, and I like seeing them in the morning when I have some energy, but right now it's like the only people I want to talk to right now, you're the, you're the only people I want to talk to right now. Um, and, and partly that's because, uh, until, unless you leave a comment, um, <laughs> you won't, you'll just let me go on and on and without actually talking back, you might be commenting right now and, and I will hear that, but not this very minute because there will be a time lapse between me saying this and you hearing it any of it all I have to say as an introvert I'm like mm, I don't know if I'm going to get a walk-in because there are people I would actually have to say hello to which is sad I know and anyone listening to this as an extrovert is like that's insane it is insane it is insane but you know that's just how I roll okay so I'm going to finish this up and I don't know if if if, if this has been in any way coherent um, cohesive uh, linear don't know I don't think you expect that from me which is why I love you and you know life is short uh so quilt first that's what we say here at the off-kilter quilt and I'll see you next time oh I got a, got a couple uh one last comment I just want to say thanks to Tammy because Tammy um is is a, is a North Carolina gal like me and um and so Tammy I appreciate you all right I appreciate all of you thank you so much for listening talk to you next time bye for now Thanks for listening to the Off-Kilter Quilt. Come visit me online at offkilterquilt.com. Until next time, this is Francis. Remember, life is short. Quilt first.